you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations too. Go to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL for free. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It has been your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. Fabs, how goes? It's going well, my friend. Going well. How are you? Doing pretty well. Yeah. Uh, we are re- getting ready to kick off uh, week three. In fact, by the, time you, uh, by the time you likely hear this podcast, week three will have been underway. Yeah. Dude, time flies, man. Time flies. I know, right? Like a few weeks ago, we were just like scrambling for any kind of football news we could get. Now we, uh, we're up to our necks in football. Remember how excited I was about Royce Freeman? <laughs> like three weeks ago? Uh, eh, not so much. Man, not so much. Yeah. Uh, behind the glass, as always, is Sir Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. What's up, Murph? Um, I'm, I'm at the point now, like I said earlier this week, I'm done with regular football. I'm only focused on fantasy football. <laughs> but, but because I, I'm, I'm so close to tasting 3-0 and my main league, and that's when you kind of know your team is for real. I think the first two weeks maybe get lucky here and there, but three and zero, it's like okay, now you're cooking with gas. So I'm I'm just inching towards that. Right. Wait, wait, you're 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 a Bills fan? Giants. Giants. Oh, okay, that's right. Giant because I made fun of you last week. <laughs> yes, that's yeah, right. I feel like week three. So like so week one, you know, we we kind of watch and see what happens, and then we wildly overreact one direction. Then week two, something happens, we like swing back the other way. So then by week three. 
we're sort of, we've kind of, you know, exactly. centered a little bit. You, you start seeing, you have, you're like, oh, wow, maybe Mahomes is awesome. And maybe you're like, oh, Deion Lewis looks like the right guy. James Conner, maybe he's there for 10 weeks. And you have all these, like, the two guys in in, uh, in Minnesota with Thielen and Diggs. Like, you feel really, like, that's just my team I'm naming. And I'm like, wow, I, I did a really good job. Uh, so I think once you get to, like, week three, week four, then you're like, wow, I have I have something really special here. Right, exactly. So we, we you know, we start to figure some things out. Now, obviously, you know, things change as we sure. go along. Injuries but, and uh, such. Right, yeah. exactly. But, uh, you know, we, we kind of, by week three, we have a good idea uh, of how things go. So uh, we got plenty to talk about. We will preview all the games in week three coming up and uh, a special guest. Should we say it or should we should we leave it as a surprise? Mm, we'll leave it as a surprise, all right. but we can tease it by saying that he is one of the best in his business, sports entertainment, a current champion. And I'll leave it at that. Okay, cool. We'll leave it at that. So uh, stick around for that because uh, it should be a whole lot of fun uh, coming up a little bit later on. But, uh, oh, of course, can't forget, we got uh, Eddie's Delirious pick, and we'll have some uh, mailbag tweets as well. We'll answer some of your questions from Twitter. But uh, first, let's do some news. <laughs> Let's the news. We will start in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers and that knee. Of course, uh, I'm sure everybody in the greater Wisconsin area uh, is keeping an eye on the knee of Aaron Rodgers. There is some concern that this thing could get worse. We saw him obviously come back against Chicago and play. He gutted it out against Minnesota and put up a, a decent game against a very good defense. Uh, this week, he's got Washington. I mean, I know there's worry, there's concern, but you know, as long as he's going to play right you're you're still playing him right Fabs? well it sort of depends on what my alternatives are because i can tell you right now if i have patrick mahomes on my roster right okay aaron Rodgers is on the bench this week yeah and he's on the bench until further notice to be quite honest with you and if someone right now offered me a trade say i had aaron Rodgers, and someone offered me a trade that included a pretty good quarterback like a Deshaun Watson or a Kirk Cousins or a Mahomes, for example, maybe in a two-for-one, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it. Because this knee is a concern. It's not going to get better. Right. It's not going to get better, right? He Not likely. He, he's not, gonna, not this year. Right. So any hit to that knee, any misstep that Rodgers takes, he has at least a, a better chance of injuring himself than a quarterback who is otherwise healthy. So – you keep putting him out there. He's still Aaron Rodgers, but he's got that big knee brace, and he was definitely a little gimpy. He, he wasn't. I mean, he's not last himself. week. He's not himself. So I have a little bit concerned. I have no shares of Rodgers, but if I did, and someone who was offering me a trade, I might think about it. Yeah, I mean, look. As long as the Packers feel like it's okay to put him out there, then then I'm gonna believe. Just because you know, 80, Aaron Rodgers at eighty percent. Oh, sure. Of it's course. It's better than course. a lot of other quarterbacks. It's not like, remember remember RG3 mm-hmm. when he hurt his knee and then the skin still played him right. in the playoffs and that kind of wrecked him? It's not something that is that severe. Right. But I certainly didn't like seeing Aaron Rodgers out there at less than 100% during the course of the football season where he's not really going to have time to heal up and get back to 100%. Yeah, I, so I, I went out and in one league, uh, in our dynasty league, actually, I started Case Keenum over Aaron Rodgers. Um, okay. It actually ended up not being, I mean, Rodgers outscored Keenum, but yeah, it wasn't like drastic. 17, I think. It was like, it was like a, you know, a point and a half difference. So like, it wasn't like, I, I wasn't sitting there just like kicking myself because I sat Aaron Rodgers. The, the difference wasn't really that great. So I 
was okay with it. But I think this week, um, I'm starting Rodgers over Keenum, you know, with the oh, Broncos yeah, playing no the Ravens. Doubt. No uh, doubt. I will take my chance of the Rodgers in that knee. Uh, and I feel like most most fantasy managers are going to do the same. If you've got Aaron Rodgers and he's good enough to play, mm-hmm. you are probably going to start. And just so you know, Bills after the Redskins, had Detroit, <laughs> good matchup. San Francisco, good matchup. Then he has the bye. Then he's got the Rams, the Patriots, and the Dolphins. So, right. so, but he's got that bye to hopefully you know the schedule, rest a little bit. The schedule is favorable for him the next few weeks. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, Leonard Fournette set to return to practice. He missed last week uh, with an injury, which has kind of become the story of his, not only his NFL career, I mean, it was the story of his career at LSU, too. So, Leonard Fournette being back obviously is great if you have Leonard Fournette. The downside is if you have any of the Jaguars receivers, if you somehow have Blake Bortles, Leonard Fournette is great on his own fantasy-wise, but he kind of clogs up the the offense. He, like, Blake Bortles is a different quarterback. That offense is different when Leonard Fournette. Completely different offense because he's the grinder. He's the between-the-tackles bruiser. Who's behind him? TJ Yeldon, pass-catching running back. Right. Corey Grant, pass-catching running back. So the offense completely changes, and we saw that last week with Blake Bortles, who looked like the goat against the Patriots and uh, and had a far better fantasy game than, than Tom Brady. But that is something to keep an eye on. If Fournette's able to practice on Friday, even if it's on a limited basis, then I would say he's probably uh, uh, ready to go and will be active this weekend uh, when he faces the Titans. I went and looked it up uh, last night. Um, the If you ever go on Rotoviz, Rotoviz has their great app uh, where you can kind of figure out splits between players when they are on are or not. Uh, on the field together. There's so many sites like that now. There's it's so unreal. It's so, so much great so stuff. I was curious about Blake Bortles with or without Leonard Fournette in the last two seasons. And it's drastic, man. Yeah. Like, with with Leonard Fournette, uh, in the 14 games that they have played together, Bortles averages about 210 passing yards per game. Mm-hmm. The four games without Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. Bortles is up to 323 yards <laughs> per game, right? I mean, he goes from averaging just over a touchdown per game to averaging just over two touchdowns. What per about game. the turnovers? I'm wondering. So with Leonard Fournette, he averages averages an interception per game. Okay. Without him, it's 0.25 interceptions per game. So he's not even turning the ball over without. That's a surprise, right? It is a little bit. You think because he's throwing it more? Right. Like, right. Although his attempts actually were fairly constant. He went 33, uh, 33 attempts per game with Fournette, 34 without. So that stays fairly similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, his completions go up, though, from 19 to 23. So he's just, he's like a different person when Leonard Fournette's not there. Apparently. So, I mean, if you know, if you got good numbers out of Bortles last week, mm-hmm. um, you kind of want Leonard Fournette to stay away a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, other running back news. Steve Wilkes says they will get David Johnson more slot work. Hallelujah. I'm not going to yell and scream like I did last <laughs> week because I'm sort of over that. But I, I went back and looked at 2016 when David Johnson had his breakout season. And he ran over 600 routes that season. Wow. And he was like 135 more routes than the next running back mm-hmm. in the NFL. You got to get him the ball. I, our, our Graham Barfield tweeted out earlier in the week a stat about how DJ is averaging 16 and a half routes compared to 31.1 two seasons ago. 
He's your best player. And David Johnson is the best chance the Cardinals have at winning He's my, any games. He might be the only chance they have at winning right. games. Right. You got to give him the ball, man. I mean, even when you're down, this guy is a playmaker. You got to get him the football. Help me, David Johnson. You're my, you're my only hope. hope. Right. Really, he kind of is, especially now with Larry Fitzgerald not being 100% mm-hmm. and not sure of what his status is going to be. I just think things are going to change. I don't know that this is the week that I trust him because the Bears just look so ferocious on defense. Yep. So this week I'm I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of fading David Johnson. But I just think after after what we've seen the first couple of weeks, the, the Cardinals know they got to go back to the drawing board. And they got to figure something out. And yep. they got to go back to what worked in 2016. Get that's, creative. That's moving him around, getting him out in the slot, just getting him in space. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at his rush chart. You go to next-gen stats, you look at his rush chart, and it's just – all just pounding it up the middle repeatedly, and and nothing worked. They yep. they can't keep doing that. Yeah, they he, they can't continue to use him as like a between the tackles runner, dude. He right. can do it all. Right, you just you just got to use him, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, T. Y. Hilton calls his quad injury quote nothing to worry about. So that's good news. I mean, you know, T. Y. has had a pretty good start to his season now that Andrew Luck is back, and you know, kind of have him banged up a little bit. Um, so T. Y. If he's uh, if he's available, you're starting him, right? Yeah, no doubt. Andrew Luck is the quarterback of the Colts, and as long as that happens, T.Y. Hilton's a guy that you're starting. Uh, you know, There was some talk earlier in the week about the quad potentially being a problem, but he was actually on this morning on uh, Good Morning Football and, and talked to our pals there in New York and, and said that he's good to go. All right, sounds good there. Uh, Dalvin Cook missed practice for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, he has kind of been banged up a little bit to start the season. Uh, we saw him kind of get some rest in the preseason a little bit. Uh, this one, I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a little bit of a concern because here it is. Yeah. It's Thursday. He's missing mm-hmm. practice. And it's a situation where with the Bills on the See, schedule. You and I are just in simpatico right they, now. Look, obviously, you know, we want Dalvin Cook to play. And I'm sure that in the perfect world, the Vikings would love for him to play. But I feel like this is a week they can look at it and say, you know what? We can kind of get by without Dalvin Cook. I picked up Murray in every league I could, including ours. And I dropped my defense. And I'll pick one up Sunday, whatever. Because... If Dalvin Cook is inactive, Latavius Murray's a top 12 running back start this week, yep. right? Yep. Against the Bills? Let's not forget, Latavius Murray was pretty good last season. Yeah. Let's not forget that. Yeah. He had Jared McKinnon there, but Murray was, was the better back from a fantasy perspective. So if you're listening to this right now and you have a dead spot on your roster, someone you can drop, you're hurting for a running back or a flex starter... Go out and pick up Latavius Murray before the run happens because if Cook misses practice on Friday, I promise you that run will happen. Yeah, I, I agree with that, especially because this is a game where the you know it's likely the Vikings are going to take a lead. And so this just means Latavius Murray just eating carries yeah, in the second dude. half. Yep. Just eating carries in the second uh-huh. half. Uh-huh, and, I, and I love Dalvin. He's my boy, but I would not be surprised if no, it's, they said, it's gonna be a week they hey, guys, take the week off. Bills, relax. Just chill. Take the week off. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't don't stress yourself. We, we're going to need you down the road. We'll take it from here so, for week three. <laughs> I, think we'll, I think they'll be fine. Yes. Uh, last bit of news. Marcus Mariota, still a question mark for week three. I saw, in fact, a couple days ago, uh, he's still kind of trying to get the feeling back in his hand. He uh, had an, a, a, an elbow injury. I think there's some nerves that kind of got pinched a little bit. So he's kind of getting the feeling back in his hand. And one of the things he said was he was trying to get the strength back in his hand so he could grip the football. That doesn't which, sound good. That seems like a problem. Like when you're a quarterback and you can't grip the football? Right. That's a, Are there any Titans you're starting this week? Any? Uh, any? Uh, not really. No. Nope, no. Me neither. Although I do think that, you know, if you're rolling the dice – 
with uh, that backfield, this feels like more of a Derrick Henry week than a Deion Lewis week. A pounder week. Right. Especially because I feel like, you know, the, the thing for me with the Titans is they still have some injuries at the tackle spots. I mean, Taylor Lewan still working through the concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got guys with knee injuries. They're, you know, they're, they're still trying to figure that out. And I think if they struggle to protect the passer, then that means Deion Lewis is going to be more of a pass protector than a pass catcher. They're going to need him back there to try to try to help out whoever it is, if it's Mariota, if it's Blaine Gabbert. So I think it's a situation where when Lewis is on the field, he might not be running as many routes as he normally does. And if he's not catching the football, then his value is pretty limited. For no doubt. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's pretty much uh, all the news you need to know. <laughs> That was the news. Speaking of Deion Lewis, uh, I actually went and a couple days ago I was looking at his uh, his game from week two when he was kind of a disappointment. Mm -hmm. Um, And the great thing is having a subscription to Game Pass. I'm going to sit here and and be a a company corporate show for a little bit because uh, there's a players there's a player search feature in Game Pass and it allows you to bring up every play that a certain player has been involved in going all the way back to 2011. So you can scout specific players. You can find the next breakout fantasy football star. You can figure out how certain players are being used within their respective offenses or defenses uh, to kind of give you a better idea of you know what you're going to do, certainly for fantasy going forward, but also just to kind of make you a more informed football fan. So uh, Game Pass is great. I love it. I love the fact that you can go back and watch a whole game in about 35 minutes with the uh, condensed game feature. It, uh, it certainly helps. Uh, you know, when you're trying to scout a whole lot of things at once and you don't necessarily get to watch it. Which is kind of what we have to do. Right. And you don't get necessarily to watch a game from start to finish. Um, so, yeah, uh, I would definitely go check it out. If you don't have Game Pass already, I would suggest you uh, you get on it and, uh, yeah, enjoy. Enjoy all the goodness. Joining us now on the phone, you know him. He is the WWE Intercontinental Champion. He is a WWE superstar and he is a huge Chicago Bears fan, welcome to the program, Seth Rollins. Seth, how are you today, man? I'm good, baby. Got a big Bears win last Sunday or Monday, so I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty all right. I mean, I, I would imagine you you have to know some Raider fans, right? Are you trolling them now because Khalil Mack is just wrecking shop all by himself? I oh, am yeah, my favorite today. I saw a quote from an interview where Gruden said it was difficult to find a, a great pass rusher <laughs> in the NFL. And then my brain almost exploded. It's almost like he's trolling himself at this point. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that, man. And uh, being a big Bears fan like you are, you also play fantasy football. You're playing at least one league, WWE, with The Miz and uh, Curtis Axel and some others. And Trubisky is on that roster. So what are you expecting from Trubisky, not only this week against the Cardinals, but moving forward? Uh, well, he's obviously still making improvements. Sometimes I think I'm a little too hard on him. Obviously, picked very high in the draft, so there's a lot of expectations behind that. But at the end of the day, the kid only started one season in college. His NFL experience is very limited. He's already had two head coaches. So sometimes I want him to be better than I think he is. And he did miss some easy throws on Monday in Seattle. But at the end of the day, you can see progress. 
Uh, he's obviously got things to work on, but I think as he gets more comfortable in that next system, he's only going to put up better numbers, and he's got a ton of weapons around him to, to make plays. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Bears' offense looks kind of halfway through the season. I think it's going to be much improved. Yeah, I mean, you talk about some of those weapons. I mean, we, we've seen Allen Robinson there. We've seen Jordan Howard. I mean, talk about Jordan Howard. I mean, this is a guy that everybody complained that he doesn't catch the football a whole lot, but it looks like Matt Nagy has worked him into the passing game pretty well this year. You've got to be excited about that. Yeah, I think myself and fantasy owners who are concerned about Jordan Howard's touches in this offense uh, are probably pretty happy about that. Um, as a Bears fan, I love it. I think, you know, I know Jordan Howard worked on that a lot in the offseason, knowing that he was going to be involved in a West Coast offense scheme where running backs get a lot of catches out of the backfield, and he didn't want Tariq Cohen stealing his playing time. So uh, I think the more he's out there, the better, you know, it is for him and for the team because he does have a lot to offer. He's a super patient back. And I think that translates really well to a West Coast passing scheme as long as he can catch the ball and run good routes. And what are your thoughts on Trey Burton this week against Arizona? Last week, he hasn't had a big target share, but he did get into the end zone at shovel pass early in the game. Uh, you expecting more of the same from Burton against the Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals, uh, they're not a great team. You know, let's just face it. I, I, obviously, they're, they're kind <laughs> That's of obvious. Rebuilding. Yeah. They're in a rebuilding stage right now, so I think that um, I hope that it's kind of a, a not an easy, you know, nothing in the NFL is easy per se unless you're playing the Buffalo Bills. But I think hopefully <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a little bit easier than you know a rivalry game in Green Bay and uh, you know Seattle defense not what it was. It's still a good defense, so I'm hoping this week's a little bit easier and we get to kind of see the offense. Uh, expand a little bit. I'd like to see some bigger plays out of the Chicago Bears offense, including Trey Burton. I think he's such a great weapon down the middle of the field that uh, I'd like to I'd like to get some deeper balls to him. Hey, you're talking a little bit about the the defense and Khalil Mack, but this defense actually is more than that. I mean, Eddie Goldman has played really well. Uh, I know you know obviously you know Kyle Fuller had that that frustrating drop against Green Bay, but this is still a very good defense. I mean. Should we start talking about them among the elite defenses in the NFL right now? I mean, I'm maybe slightly biased, but I would say yes. <laughs> I, would say yes. I mean, their corners are great. Amukamar is finally healthy. Fuller, you know, got a big contract in the offseason. Uh, Eddie Jackson, a second-year safety, is fantastic. Adrian Amos is great back there as well. And then I think if you look at their front seven, dude, it's really incredible. Their linebacking core, when you added Mack in there, you're looking at the Leonard Floyd, Danny Gervais, and Roquan Smith, and Khalil Mack, and their, and their uh, linebacking core, that's pretty outrageous. Couple that with Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks up front. I mean, that is so hard to block. Like I don't, I would not want to be an offensive lineman or running back trying to deal with that. And Vic Fangio is a great schemer, so... I think they're going to be – I mean, they were a top-10 defense last year. I think especially with the amount of uh, havoc they're going to be able to wreak in the backfield just with their creative blitzes and Khalil Mack constantly putting pressure on the quarterback, you're going to look at them to force a lot more turnovers this year uh, as well as just hopefully holding teams to less yardage. We're talking to WWE superstar Seth Rollins and super fan for the Chicago Bears. So, Seth, I know that you play in this WWE Fantasy Football League. Um, is there one or two of the guys in that league that you really like beating more than the rest? And can I guess that one of them is Miz? Oh yeah, Miz is 100 percent the most the most fun to beat. I mean, he's, <laughs> like, yes, by far the, the biggest mouth of the group, um, and so it's fun to take him to the woodshed, uh, you know. And he's also a Cleveland Browns fan, so he's mm-hmm. had his fair share of 
heartbreak over the years, um, and he's used to it. So, you know, he takes it in stride. <laughs> so it, it's nice. I beat him in the ring plenty of times. Oh, and, uh, man. I plan, on, I plan on working him in fantasy this year as well. Yeah, so, so we've got to get a program going here with you and Mike again, and it should just be all based on the fact that Miz talks trash in your fantasy football league, and you're going to take it out on him in the ring. <laughs> I mean, I, do I really need one more reason to beat up Mike? I don't think so, but if that's what we got to do, then that's what we got to do. I, I will say that beating Mike is one of the more enjoyable parts of playing in a fantasy football league with him. It's a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, it's quite fun. It's quite an enjoyable experience. So I've seen your Twitter account, and I know that when the Bears win, you tweet that you love football. After they lose, you tweet that, that you hate, you hate <laughs> football. Um but this this has to be a year that there's there's a lot more optimism around this team than there has been the last couple of years. You got to be excited about this group. Yeah, you know what's really strange is how how strangely um, like weird that's become. People like really like it when I when, when I make <laughs> I know a dude gets tons of retweets. Yeah, it's very strange. It's it's so expected, but for some reason, people really enjoy it and are, are entertained by it, no matter what. Obviously, week one, the loss to the Packers was. Uh, people were just waiting on that one because it was such a heartbreaker. Um, but yeah, oh, beyond that, I'm actually really excited for the Bears team this year. And like, I kind of was. I'm always on the edge of being excited, but I never want to put too much stock in it because the Bears are still the Bears sometimes. Uh, but after we traded for Mac, uh, I was. I, I couldn't help but get excited, and then I watched the first half of that Bears-Packers game, and I was like, all right, this is a team to contend with. And granted, we lost to you know a football god in Aaron Rodgers in the second <laughs> half of that game at Lambeau, but at the end of the day, you know, there's no reason the Bears can't be 2-0, hopefully 2-1 uh, you know, after this week in Arizona. And then looking at the rest of the schedule, I really think they're going to play Green Bay um, and Minnesota really well. Uh, Detroit's not that great this year, having some trouble under Matt Patricia, so... Uh, and then looking at the rest of the schedule, they got some decent games that they should be able to win. I, I don't see any reason why they either can't contend for the division this year or at least a wild card spot. So uh, I'm excited for Bears football, which is something I haven't been able to say for the past <laughs> few years. So I'm pretty stoked about it. Absolutely. WWE superstar Seth Rollins. Seth, appreciate your time. Good luck in the ring. Good luck in fantasy, man. Hopefully we can t- chat again at some point. Thanks, brother. Uh, thank you, guys. Take care. Thanks to Seth Rollins for his time. That was a a lot of fun, that conversation there. Uh, Football season is underway, and I'm sure a lot of us already have some major regrets about our season-long fantasy teams, like, you know, drafting a lot of Alex Smith and staring at your roster like, Uh, It's like you spend all off-season researching, getting excited for the season, and then the pain comes, which that's why you should be excited to be playing on FanDuel all season. At FanDuel, you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week. Every week is a new season, so regardless of the outcome, you get to do it all over again. FanDuel has never been more fun or easy. It's the place to play if you're not a fantasy expert. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before, like their Gridiron Pick'em Contest every week. It's a free contest, and all you need to do is pick winners, no spreads, and $10,000 is split amongst the top pickers. New users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel, so come on and play at FanDuel.com slash Fantasy Live. That's FanDuel.com slash Fantasy Live. All right, um... We will look at some week three games. We will start with one of the NFC South, Saints, Falcons. This is, I know for the folks who live in that part of the country, this is a huge rivalry for the rest of us uh, who don't necessarily have a rooting interest. It's an intriguing one, especially from a fantasy perspective. Um, 
because these two teams tend to go back and forth quite a bit. And I would say this. So if you had to pick a Saint that's not Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, who would you who would you go with this week? Ted Ginn. Okay. Because of his skills as a vertical threat and someone who can hit the home run at any time. And we know as Atlanta's defense is banged up. Uh, they've already lost two starters. So Ginn would be my guy. Yeah, I, I would probably think so, too. It, How about Will Lutz? I mean, I have that, Will Lutz. That's a good start. It's a I, kicker. It's a I good have, start. I have, I have Will Lutz in a couple of leagues just because, you know, the Saints seem to be an offense that's going to score a lot of points, and so why not have their kicker? Mm-hmm. Um, I also have the Saints defense, which has let me down the first couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. That's been a disappointment. They, they were a huge disappointment in week one when Ryan Dan Marino Fitzpatrick exploded Seriously. on him. Seriously. Because... I know I had them as a streamer. A lot of people had them as a streamer. And then last week, not much. So we'll see. I'm certainly not starting them on the road against Atlanta. Uh, speaking of Atlanta, Julio Jones uh, was kind of dealing with a calf injury in practice this week. He says it's not a big deal that he just needed like a day off to kind of rest it and get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So it looks like he's going to play. Yep. So then the question is, does he score a touchdown this week? I don't know. He, does, he, does he ever <laughs> score touchdowns? I, I mean... I mean, I guess the dude is due, right? I mean, he's got to be due. Uh, but Julio, the, and this is why I have no shares of him. I, I wasn't in a position to draft him, really. Not that I wouldn't have if I, if I were. But I had him last season, and maybe I'm still just a little bit uh, apprehensive because I remember what he did to me last season, and it was not fun. When he put up a huge game, you almost knew there was going to be two or three stinkers coming right on the heels of that big one. And what did he do in week one against Philly? Big game last week. And then a so much. Yeah. Not so much. So uh, clearly Julio's a guy you're starting. That's an absolute no brainer. Whether or not he gets into the end zone, well, we shall see. Mr. Sarkeesian. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian. Your call. If you were within the sound of my voice, throw the ball to Julio when you get inside the 10 yard line. Like, I just don't think it's hard. You have this physically imposing wide receiver who is one of the best at his position in the league. Why wouldn't you just like, here's the thing. One thing that, that just drives me insane watching football games is when teams run wide receiver fades to the corner of the end zone. You know, I watched the 49ers in the Super Bowl do it three times to Michael Crabtree and end up losing to the Ravens. Like it still drives me insane <laughs> to this day. But if you're going to do it, do it with a guy like Julio Jones. Right, I mean, makes he's sense. Like, he's huge. He's, he's a physically imposing guy who is incredibly athletic. I mean, he is an athletic freak at 6'3", 220. If you're going to throw the fade, throw it to Julio Jones. Like, I don't know. So look at this. I'm looking on Pro Football Reference, one of my favorites. Last 12 games, he's had a touchdown in one. That, that's okay? bad. And then in the previous eight games, two touchdowns. That seems bad. I mean, it's Julio Jones, but I, I I don't know. I'm just a fantasy analyst. What do I know? So I don't know, man. Sark, help us out. But Devin Coleman. Devin Coleman, definitely a big deal. Get him in your lineup. Especially because it looks like Devontae Freeman may not play again and, this week. And he also has done very well historically uh, against the Saints. So, yeah, Devin Coleman. Like, I, you know, I've got him in a couple of leagues, uh, and uh, I am starting him wherever I can this week. Uh, Green Bay. Packers heading to Washington to take on the Redskins. And um, so the thing about Green Bay, Aaron Jones is back. 
after a suspension for the first couple of weeks of the season. He is now back. So that sort of clouds things a little bit. Jamal Williams had a couple of rough matchups, didn't perform all that well in the first two weeks of the season. So now this is just a big clouded mess, I feel like, in this backfield. You know, McCarthy said, Mike McCarthy said that it was going to be Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery and then Aaron Jones would be third. But at some point, it's going to switch because Williams and Montgomery have done nothing to take hold of the top spot on the depth chart. I believe at some point, sooner rather than later, Aaron Jones will take that spot. Whether or not he needs to improve in pass protection, okay, that's a question mark, but he's the most talented running back on that roster. Best case scenario, he ends up being the guy within a couple of weeks. You pick him up now, you stash him, you see what happens. Worst case scenario, backfield committee, you're not starting any Packers running backs. Right, and that was the thing. I, you know, I know everybody was sort of you know, planting their flag one side or the other, this Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones debate. And I just sort of looked at both of them and said, Bleh. like, I don't really know that I love them. Now, the one thing you did mention, I think, is, is an interesting dynamic, though, is which one of them is the better pass protector. And mm-hmm. I think what where that comes into play is now you have a quarterback that is yes, 100% yes. healthy. Yep, great point. And now, you know, if you're the Packers, you want to make sure Aaron Rodgers stays healthy. Right, which means that, Aaron Jones may lose snaps. He may end up losing snaps if he can't figure out pass protection. So that means Jamal Williams may end up being on the field. But either way, I don't know. I just don't know that either one of these guys is great enough for me to like. You know, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at their numbers from last year. Mm-hmm. Jamal Williams in 16 games, 556 rushing yards. Aaron Jones 448 in 12 games. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we'll see. I mean, they both they both average fewer than 40 rushing yards per game. Right. I mean, Aaron Jones when he got a shot to start. Was, was pretty decent. He was averaging ballpark 13 PPR points per right. game. But it was a limited sample size. On the flip side, Alex Smith, Adrian Peterson, both great in week one. Um, not so great in week two. Yeah. What are you thinking in week three? I'm fading Peterson because if you look at the numbers, the snap share was heavily, heavily in favor of Chris Thompson last week, as it should be because he's the better back. I mean, let's just be honest. And Alex Smith, see, like, I liked him last week. I think you may have liked him last week mm-hmm. because of the matchup. Didn't pan out. But we're still holding on to the Alex Smith 2017 in our heads. Yeah. This is not 2017. This is not the Chiefs. This is not that offense. So we have to and, – and the matchup this week, I mean, based on the numbers, it's a favorable matchup. It is. If you look at the numbers, it's a favorable matchup. But – you have to temper your expectations a little bit with Alex Smith until we sort of see what he is this season in his first year in Washington's offense that lacks Tyreek Hill and doesn't have a big-time playmaking tight end like Travis Kelsey. Jordan Reed is a nice player. He's not Travis Kelsey. Yeah, you know, I mean, I came into the season thinking that with the, the way the Redskins run their offense that Alex Smith could kind of be similar to what we saw last year. But no, now he's back to being Alex Smith again, which, you know, he's fine. <laughs> he's like he's he's fine. He's fine. It's it's okay. He's fine. Like I don't get excited about him, and it sort of you know burns me now because I was really big on him in the preseason, and I I have him on a lot of rosters, and now I'm looking at I look at these rosters now, and I do my lineups, and I'm like, eh. <laughs> Alex Smith is being back to right, he's uh, back to being Alex Smith again. Uh, uh, Unsexy last season, he was one of the sexier quarterbacks in the league. This season, not so much. Not so much. All right, uh, Bills at Vikings. Um, I know we talked a little bit about Dalvin Cook and whether or not he will play, and you know that's going to be one to keep an eye on throughout the weekend. And, mm-hmm. You know, it would not be a surprise if he sat that one out. I mean, I don't know. This is 
kind of simple. Like any bills you'd consider starting, any, <laughs> any Vikings you'd consider sitting. Uh, well, let me think now. I would start Kirk Cousins. I would start whoever the running back is, whether it's Dalvin or Latavius. I'm starting Thielen. I'm starting Diggs. I'm starting Rudolph. I'm starting the Vikings defense, and I'm starting Dan Bailey. That's so funny. I'm not starting Laquan Treadwell. Though. So there you go. So and he'll a, probably have two touchdowns. There's a Viking that you're not starting. We forgot to mention, Dan Bailey, is uh, he is now Dan, a Viking. I love it, man. I actually picked him up in the leagues where I don't have Robbie Gold because I have Robbie Gold everywhere because mm. I love him. Uh, he plays fantasy football, and he's been balling ever since Garoppolo took over. But I do believe that this is a match made not only in football heaven, but fantasy football heaven. Dan Bailey is going to have a chance to score a lot of fantasy points. In Minnesota, I mean, no doubt. The Vikings sort of whiffed on kicker, right? Because they had Kai Forbath, who wasn't terrible. I know, and they let him go. But, I mean, I mean, they upgraded eventually. Eventually, yeah. They let him go they got for Bailey. Daniel Carlson. Carlson struggled, and then after his uh, his misses last week against the Packers, uh, they sent him packed. So, so what do you think happened? All right, so if you're Dan Bailey, you're hanging out at home, right? Just chilling out, watching games. You're watching Zane Gonzalez implode. You're watching Daniel Carlson implode. And your phone is just buzzing. And, right, and, so, and then your phone rings, and it's the Browns. Hey, Dan, how you doing, buddy? Um, yeah, so we're probably going to cut our kicker. Uh, what do you think about uh, maybe coming out to uh, oh, Cleveland? Hey. Oh, well, hey, uh, wait. You're kind of breaking up. Yeah. You, uh, wait, breaking can, up. I just, can't. Can, I can you call me? Huh, can call you call me? me? Let me, call let me, me back. Give me, give me like 10 minutes. Call me back. Yeah, okay. Okay. 10 minutes later. Phone rings again. It's the Vikings. Hey, Dan. Vikings here. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, the Daniel Carson uh, era, short-lived. Any chance you want to come to Minnesota? Yeah, where do I sign? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll pay I'll for the flight. I'll be on the first okay, flight out. Okay, let's go. You're on the first flight out? <laughs> That's it, dude. So, yeah. It's such a perfect fit. Dan Bailey uh, should should get plenty of opportunities in this offense, should get or should get plenty of opportunities. Any bills you're starting? No. None. Not a single one. Nothing. Not a single one. Wasteland. You know, I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to conjure up a scenario in my head where maybe no. I was trying to think maybe like, maybe in like in DFS like I, I give Zay like, Jones give what Zay Jones a run or you know Calvin Benjamin had a garbage time touchdown because I, I mean look I can see a situation where Josh Allen is just standing back there and just slinging it downfield because they're behind and they got to catch up so like I could see him getting some big plays downfield but no <laughs> no I can't really do it that. is yeah it, it is a and and even if Lashawn McCoy is active. Which it kind of seems like he might be because he's been practicing on a limited basis. Right. I'm not touching him. I, I am not touching him. I mean, we talk about we talk about the, the the Vikings sitting Dalvin Cook in this situation. It's almost like why would you run Lashawn McCoy? Out I know. There? Go play healthy. Chris Ivory. No one's going to pick him up and play him. Not against that defense unless you're desperate. Like, he's not healthy. It's a terrible matchup for I know. them. Um, I mean, this is a team that has you know. There's no designs on them making the playoffs. Why would you risk? Why would you risk him this week? So I, I don't know. And then you could also argue if that's the case. Why not just play him every week? <laughs> no, don't don't play him at all. Yeah. Hey, in week 16, Shady, you're going to be feeling great. <laughs> you're going to be feeling great. We're out of the playoffs. We'll get you healthy. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raiders at Dolphins. Amari Cooper. Do you believe? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I believe. Like I said in the preseason that he would bounce back and stinker in week one. And then last week, what? 10 targets, 10 catches, yeah. over 100 yards. Against the Broncos, which you didn't see coming. And the Dolphins' defense, I don't know what to make of them yet. I, don't I really don't because, like, in week one, like, the, the, the whole mess with the game lasted, like, 
10 hours right. and they didn't really face a great offense. And then last week they faced a rookie quarterback. So I'm not really sure what to make of the Dolphins defense right now. And that'll be one of the things that I'm certainly looking for this week because now you have Derek Carr coming in. Derek Carr actually had a good real football game last week. Yes. Not a good fantasy football game. So if you, I guess if you're, if you're talking about Raiders, the best play is going to be beast mode. Um, assuming he's he's out there and he's been banged up, he should be fine. <laughs> Dare I say Jared Cook again? I mean, he didn't play. Uh, he didn't play you, up to expectations you, you last week. But <laughs> you can say whatever you like. I mean, they're targeting him, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I just can't buy into Amari Cooper. Just, like maybe maybe yeah, it happens yeah. then. Like. I need mean, because remember, remember last year, right? He didn't do anything, and then he had the dude. I remember th- had the huge Thursday night game against the Chiefs when we had pretty much given up on him. And then if you tried to go back to the well, he went back to being nothing. I remember that because I drafted Amari Cooper in our experts league, and I tried to get rid of him all season. I remember that was the week that I was like, "Ah, sit Amari Cooper. He's not going to do anything." Mm-hmm. And then he goes berserk. Yeah, against Kansas City. Against Kansas, City. I think we all had the same situation. Like, really, like this is really, really. Mm-hmm. And on the okay. Dolphin side of the ball, so Kenyon Drake is still losing touches to Frank Gore, but it's really not enough to put a massive dent in his value. Where you're not really going to consider sit- starting him. He's still on the RB two sort of borderline uh, flex starter option this week, and Kenny Stills. And we talked about Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Do we believe in Kenny Stills? I do believe in Kenny Stills this week. Um, I mean, partially because the Raiders secondary can be had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know what happened last week with them kind of slowing down Case Keenum and and the Broncos a little bit. Like, I don't, I don't know how that happened, but I, I am also hard pressed to think it happens two weeks in a row. Also, throw in the fact that uh, the Raiders, it's it's the West Coast team. Traveling east, sure. Playing a 10 a.m. body clock game mm-hmm. that always seems to work out badly for those teams. So like that doesn't seem to bode well for them. And actually, that that makes for me that makes the Dolphins kind of a sleeper defense, a Could sleeper be. defense to mm-hmm. stream, mm-hmm. just because those you know those West Coast teams going east and playing that early game always seem to struggle. So uh, I kind of believe in Kenny Stills. I would say if you're streaming defenses, the Dolphins might not be a bad place to look this week. Yeah, no doubt about that. And Kenny Stills. I say he's a three this week. Um, I'm not huge on him. And um, our friends over at Pro Football Focus have a negative grade on that matchup this week. So we'll see. But um, Stills is at least, you would think, going to see four to five targets. He never sees a ton of targets because that's just not what he is. That's not how that offense works. And we also have to see what the status of Devontae Parker is. Because if Devontae Parker comes back, not that not that it means that Kenny Stills' value is in the toilet (laughs) because Devontae Parker... He's the one whose value is in the toilet, but I mean, he's still a guy that drafted in the first round. He's still on the roster on, on a team that really lacks a number one. I would think they're going to try to at least get him somewhat involved in the passing game, but that will uh, that will all pan out here in time. So keep tabs on the status of Devontae Parker uh, as well. Who knows, Marcus, if he comes out and is active and is targeted seven or eight times. Maybe we're talking about him next week being a waiver wire pickup. I guess. We shall see. I know. You and I and everyone in fantasy football have been burned like, by Devontae Parker like so been, many times. We've been talking about this for a few years now, and, like, it hasn't ever happened. I'm, like, I'm looking through his game logs, right? Like, mm-hmm. his, um, Oh, they're ugly. They are. Like, the most targets he's ever had in the game is 13. That was in 2016. Blech. He's among this, <laughs> this whole sort of 
like first round NFL draft wide receiver bust. Just they just hasn't they just haven't worked out. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, oh, so yeah, we'll see what happens there. Broncos at Ravens. All right, I don't know. Do you really want to talk about this? Is is the Royce Freeman dream dead? I know this is I know this is gonna hurt you to talk about. Mm-hmm. If it makes you feel any better, I, I gotta talk about Alex Collins. <laughs> like that that is kind of breaking my heart. So like we both have some pain here. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I, I, when you say the dream is over, it just makes me think of a Van Halen song. But anyways, that's my whole 80s <laughs> hairband brain uh, work in there. But look at the numbers, Marcus. And that's what we do, right? He's kind of been usurped by Philip Lindsay. Uh, Freeman's seen fewer snaps, fewer touches. Lindsay looks like the better playmaker. They are not using Freeman at all in the passing game. Mm-hmm. He's very one-dimensional. And the only hope that you can get a decent stat line from Royce Freeman is if they give him the ball near the goal line, which they have on, on some occasions over the first couple of weeks. But even that with the matchup in Baltimore, tough matchup. If I had to play one of the two, it's Lindsay. Listen, man, I'll eat crow. I'm not the only fantasy analyst who you really liked not. Royce Freeman. You, are you were right. You were right. Yeah. I'll give you that. You were right. But um, I, I, I can't play him right now. I just can't. I don't have the trust in him. Maybe something will change. Not not right now. I can't trust him. Yeah, it's just it's just really hard. You got you have to get those goal line carries. Mm-hmm. And against Baltimore, yeah, yeah, it's just not a good matchup. Uh, speaking of which, Alex Collins. I mean, this is a guy that I I really liked, and I was drafting him all over the place, like grabbing him like in the fifth round, trying to make him an RB two. It's just you know, so like last year they rotated opportunities with him and Buck Allen. But you kind of felt like, okay, it was like that happened last year because they had injuries ahead of those two guys, and they were still just trying to figure out how this thing would work. And as Alex Collins started to take control of that backfield late in the season, it just seemed to be pointing toward you know, Alex Collins being the guy and getting mm-hmm. all those touches. And so far, it hasn't happened. So the only thing – the reason I'm holding out some hope is because the first two games – were really weird, right? Like that first game, they ran out to such a big lead against the Bills that they kind of treated it like a preseason game. Right. You yep. know, it's so like they, they kind of sat a lot of guys. They didn't play Collins much in the second half, if at all. Uh, they got Buck Allen involved. They got Kenneth Dixon involved. So you thought, okay, well, this is kind of a weird game. Don't really worry about it. Mm-hmm. Then in week two, they played on Thursday night against the Bengals, and the Bengals ran off to a huge lead. Yep. And it was like, okay, well, now this turns into a Buck Allen game, so they've got to throw it, and Allen's more the pass catcher. And so it's like, all right, well, maybe we can just call this some weirdness and kind of shake it off. But I don't know. I'm starting to get this feeling that Buck Allen is sort of here to stay and that this is this mm-hmm. is a committee more than I thought it would be coming into the season, that maybe Alex Collins has a lower ceiling than I, I wanted to admit to. And, and you know what, too, Marcus? The thing that hurts the most He's not getting goal line work. It's nope. Buck Allen. It's Buck Allen. Which and, is weird to me. because Right, because when you think of, of Buck, you're thinking pass catcher, third down back, complimentary back. But he's getting goal line work ahead of Alex Collins, who during the broadcast last week, they were comparing to Marion Barber. Well, and the other thing about it, and look, man, Buck, Buck's a USC guy, mm-hmm. right? So I want to try to cheer for him. You love it. But the one thing about Buck Allen, he does not break tackles. Does not break tackles. He will he will catch the ball out of the backfield or he'll get a handoff. And the first bit of contact he runs into, he gets stood up mm-hmm. and like pushed back. And so like using him at the goal line just it just seems nonsensical. Like, why would you want a guy at the goal line who can't run people over, who can't, <laughs> who can't, 
you know, push forward and, and like bowl into the end zone. Like he's going to run up right? against the line and get stood up and pushed backwards. That just doesn't seem to make sense. So yep. I don't I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Uh, Bengals at Panthers. Uh, we've seen good Andy Dalton. We've seen bad Andy Dalton. Like last week was definitely good Andy Dalton. At least that was exceptional. Half, right? Andy Dalton. Um, so do we get good Andy or bad Andy against the Panthers this week? Man, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think this is going to be bad Andy. This is a fade for me, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. The the best play in Cincinnati is always going to be A.J. Green, but then you go to Giovanni Bernard, who's going to see touches. I don't think Mark Walton puts in a big dent into those touches, so Gio, to me, is a very solid start just based on volume alone. But Dalton's just not someone that I'm there with right now. I don't trust him outside of a very favorable matchup. In week one, we liked him against the Colts because the matchup was there. In week two, no one started Andy Dalton. No. No one started Andy Dalton. Not, nobody did. Division game on a Thursday night. Like, exactly. Why? Why against the you, Ravens. Why would you I mean, start you just him? don't do it. So and Dalton's a guy who at one point in his career was a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Didn't really happen that much. I mean, that was back when Jay Gruden was the OC in Cincinnati. But he's just not someone that I trust. And to be honest with you, it's even going to be hard for me. Even if he puts up a nice stat line in Carolina, it's even going to be hard for me to really advise people to start him outside of the situations where the matchup is favorable. Um, for the Panthers, yeah, obviously, you know, you're probably starting Cam Newton. You're definitely starting Christian McCaffrey. I'm starting to talk myself into Devin Funches, at least as a flex option, just because last year when Greg Olson was hurt, we saw a lot more targets going to Funches. Right, exactly. And, yeah. like, you know, obviously there's no Greg Olson right now, so I'm starting to I'm starting to be able to talk myself into, mm-hmm. into Funches as, like, a flex starter. Yeah, no, I can absolutely see that, and that's what we talked about last week where we said when Olson was out last season, I mean, that's kind of when Devin Funches sort of made his hay. Wasn't the most consistent wide receiver, but he was clearly seeing more targets. And, you know, unless you're a believer that DJ Moore is going to emerge and and DJ had that one big play last week and that was kind of it. I mean, Funchess is at least the number two option for Cam Newton in that passing game because number one is and forever will be Christian McCaffrey. Right. I mean, Christian McCaffrey literally will. uh, He's got a really good shot to set an NFL record for receptions in a season. The way they are using him right now, he, he could catch. You know, 150 passes this year. That's that is not really an exaggeration with how they're using him. Yep. Uh, Giants at Texans. For the Giants, I feel like it it starts and ends with the offensive line. Like yeah. everything everything else that happens in this offense is because they either can or cannot protect Eli Manning. They mm-hmm. can or cannot open holes for Saquon Barkley. You know, I know we talked on, on the Facebook live show, which by the way, you guys should be checking out on Thursdays. Uh, we do a little Facebook live stream uh, at five o'clock Eastern. Um, we talked about, you know, OBJ is going to be fine, but everybody else is a question mark right now. Yeah. I, Saquon's ability to catch the ball is his saving grace because the offensive line, you just lost your center and, it was already sort of a question mark. And the, the what, 14 catches that he had 14 last week? 14 for 80 yards. Those were basically They're sort handoffs, of extended handoffs. Yeah. So they didn't run the ball. Eli's looking downfield. He's being pressured. Can't find anyone open. Throws the ball to Barkley. And I get this is why you don't like PPR, and I can understand that. Uh, it's a great rushing game. It's a yeah, receiving game. Right. So you're, if you're in a standard league, I mean, you're still going to start Saquon because he was likely your first round pick. But 
He's definitely he definitely lose a little bit of his luster in standard scoring leagues. And if you look at what he's done, it's been like one big play. Right. right? It's been one big play. Right. It was a one big play uh, uh, two weeks ago. And really, other than that, eh, not 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 great yards per carry averages. Like, I don't remember exactly what the number is, but if you take out that 68 yard touchdown right. in week one, like he's averaging fewer than three yards per carry. Yeah. So but regardless, he's going to be a big part of the offense. I kind of like Evan Ingram in this game as well, and he flashed last week against the Cowboys, albeit some of it was in garbage time. Um, uh, there there was, I guess you can sort of call it garbage time, but um, there's there's now a, a sort of fade when it comes to Sterling Shepard. He's done next to nothing right. in the offense. Eli Manning is certainly not going to be anyone that you're going to play. And on the flip side, Houston has Will Fuller back, and I know they lost last week, but when Will Fuller has been in games that Deshaun Watson has started, all Will Fuller does is fill up the damn stat sheet. He has scored at least one touchdown in every game he's played with. And Deshaun Watson has tremendous games. Last week, he was in the mid-20s, which I will take every week. All the time. All day long from Deshaun Watson. And especially after his, his week one performance, which, oh, by the way, was without Will Fuller. So, right. I mean... He's certainly not the best wide receiver on the team. DeAndre Hopkins is the number one all day long. But if you look at the numbers, in five career starts with Fuller in the lineup, Deshaun Watson's averaging 35 points per game. I mean, so it's it's nice to have him in there. And Fuller almost always has to be at least in your thoughts as a starter whenever he's playing and Deshaun Watson is under center. He is. He's definitely a ceiling play because he doesn't necessarily catch a lot of passes, but they're all big plays. They're usually like, he's not he's not he's not giving you a seven yard reception. Like he's yeah. the guy who's giving you like a fifteen to twenty yard catch. He's like Devery Henderson on steroids. Yes, you know, be, but he, but like Devery did it like every third or fourth game, where like. This kid's doing it every week. Yeah, it was always hard to pick the Devery Henderson game. Like you just you knew it was coming, you just didn't necessarily know when. Mm-hmm. So, so Will Fuller though, as long as Carlos, or as long as uh, Sean Watson is uh, is in the backfield and is starting, uh, I think you're starting Will Fuller. Yep, I think that's just where we I are agree. Right now. I agree. Um, Titans at Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk a little bit about this. I mean, I said you know I wrote Derrick Henry week or Deion Lewis week. I think this is just a Derrick Henry week, just because I think Deion Lewis will end up kind of being a pass protector this this week. But but is it a Derrick Henry start week or is it just a Derrick Henry will lead no. the team in touches? I week? think it's more of that. I think it's more me too. He, I think he me gets too. a lot of touches. I don't think he necessarily does anything great with them against mm-hmm. the Jaguars. Here's the the Jags run defense like isn't spectacular, but it's good enough that I don't know that I trust Derrick. Henry, uh, starting him in my lineup this week. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, there are no Titans really to speak of. No, no, no. Mariota's Corey, banged no Corey, up. No Corey Davis. You know the 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 Janu Smith one week sleeper experiment that didn't work out so well. Yeah. Um, Richard Matthews has disappeared from the face of the earth. The running back situation, as you said, is confusing and it's not a good matchup. So you're probably not starting any Titans this week. Yeah, I don't just start any Titans. Even uh, Corey Davis because. He has got the specter of that Jaguars pass defense. And, you know, I get it. Chris Hogan had two touchdowns against him last week. I mean, one of them was a garbage time touchdown. Otherwise, he really didn't do much of anything. That defense is is just impenetrable when you talk about opposing wide receivers on their home field. I, I will say this. I, I think this is a week, though, where you let Corey Davis, you know, if you don't have Corey Davis, 
Uh, this could end up being a buy low week on him because I think it's going to get better for him, especially mm-hmm. if or when uh, Mariota gets healthy and is back in there. Um, he'll get more targets. He'll he'll get more production. You know, he'll. I think he's his ceiling is sort of a low end wide receiver too. That's his absolute ceiling. But I feel like this could be a buy low week if he has another bad week as we expect. Uh, a lot of people with Corey Davis are going to you know be be ready to yeah, be dude, done with him. I like him, man. Talent wise, I like him. Opportunity wise. He's someone that that I feel like is going to be targeted on a pretty regular basis. You could see anywhere from eight to target eight to ten targets per week. So I would agree with you there. And clearly, Mariota is not one hundred percent right. And I think when that happens, and the Titans' offense starts starts getting rolling, which right now they're sort of stumbling along because Mariota has been banged up, and you know they they've lost uh, uh, some some key components on the offensive line. So they lost Delaney Walker as well. But I do think that, and maybe it's a second half situation, that at some point, Corey Davis will start rolling. Um, I did see some, you know, kind of weird Zapruder film-like footage of Marcus Mariota throwing a pass at practice. I don't know what you can get out of that. It was like one quick pass. The whole Was video. it bad? It was fine. Oh, okay. Like, it was like, there were no defenders. He was just was like tossing a pass like to somebody, and like, he was throwing against air. Like, <laughs> like you know, like... Like, look, I know for beat reporters, like this is part of the job. You got to put this out here. But I think I feel like sometimes we see these things on Twitter and like we try to make too much of a judgment of it one way or another. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, he looks fine. I don't know that I can take anything away from it. But by the way, who was the beat reporter that crapped on fantasy football on Twitter? I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of them. I didn't know. No, there was one today and I saw everybody in the fantasy industry going after this guy. I don't, I don't remember what his name was. Just be quiet. Just be quiet. If you're going to be an old curmudgeon bum and you don't want to talk about how fantasy football has helped the National Football League and the, and the whole industry has helped the popularity of this sport and has helped the popularity of its players and has actually improved, improved the knowledge of the common fan, then get the hell off of social media. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I know this is not planned for the podcast, but I think it's funny because like every now and then you get a beat writer who will say stuff like that, and at the same time, um, then everybody in the fantasy community gets up in arms, and it's like Dude. this whole like shouting thing, and I'm like, okay, I know, and I didn't even <laughs> mention it on Twitter, but I'm like, just be quiet, like you know what, you have a job in part because you're covering a team, and you know how many of the people who are following you on social media or are listening to you are doing it because they want information for their fantasy football players. Right. It's a lot, dude. A lot. It is a lot. So just back off and calm down. Do your job and forget about <laughs> fantasy football. If you don't like it, that's fine. Don't crap on it. Uh, don't crap on it. Uh, real quick with the Jaguars. Uh, we talked a little bit about Leonard Fournette and whether or not he will come back and play and what this means potentially for Blake Bortles. I mean, with Fournette, without Fournette, do you, do you consider him at all this week? Bortles? Yes. I, I don't have him in my top 12. And so... In most leagues, that would be a fade. If you're in a two QB league, then that's a different story. But it all really depends on what you said uh, with Leonard Fournette. I mean, the, the offense is clearly different when Fournette's on the field as compared to when he's not. So right now, I would be fading Bortles. But if circumstances are such that Fournette isn't active, that could change. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Uh, 49ers at Chiefs in what could be one of the highest scoring games of the week. Start them all. All right, there you go. Start them all. There you go. Start I mean, them all. I'm pretty sure this is the Jimmy G week, right? Like, I've been big on that this I week. I hope so. Me too. Um, Matt Breida versus Alfred Morris. Like, they're pretty much splitting snaps and touches almost like down the middle. Yeah, it's Morris like has got a little bit more. Slightly more. But Breida's. But it's pretty close. But Breida has just been lights out with his touches. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude, he's the leading rusher in the National Football League after two, two weeks. weeks. I know. I, I get it. It's only two weeks. 
But I do remember a stat last three seasons, Kyle Shanahan offenses have produced at least one RB8 in PPR leagues. So uh, RB8 or better. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be completely out of the realm of possibility for Brita to be pretty darn good and end up being one of the better uh, draft values. And it, it does sort of make me think what McKinnon could have been in this right? offense had he not gone down with that knee injury. Right. But right now, Brita, maybe not a must start. Damn good start this week. Man, I think damn yeah. good start. I don't know. I'm, I might put him in the must start category this week just because I think this thing is going to go back and forth and, and be up and down. Um so, I mean, he might be one that, that you almost have he to is a good. Around. He is a good I play. Mean, unless you somehow have two. I mean, I guess you could possibly have two better options. That's certainly possible. But, man, it, it's hard to imagine. All right. Project Mahomes for me this week. How many touchdowns? Uh, I'll give him four. Four. I'll give him four this oh, week. I like it. I'll give him four this Let week. Let me make sure I'm not playing against him. <laughs> I don't have Mahomes. I have him. Myself. I have him in one league. <laughs> I got snaked out of Mahomes. Like, he was one of my favorite sleepers. It was probably him and Royce Freeman were my two favorites. So, uh, 50-50, whatever. Hey. Um, but... A lot of people like really reached for Mahomes, and I wasn't willing to go there like ninth, tenth round. And after two weeks, those people were pretty smart. So I do have one share of Mahomes, and uh, at this point, Andy Reid's a smart man. He is a because smart, a lot of people questioned man. why they would get rid of Alex Smith, and he's a smart man. And that Mahomes, he looks amazing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he doesn't have a pick, right? He, he doesn't have a pick. Not have an interception. Yet. So two games. Not much experience playing, played last season. This is going to be his first career start at home. Dude, I mean. His last start last year was on the road. His first two games this year were on the road. This will be his first home start. Maybe he's the anti Which I don't like, right? right? This, is when it, this is when it falls apart, right? He finally comes home. Against oh, the no, the Arrowhead curse. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and, and you know what? I even like Sammy Watkins this week. And I think if you start Sammy Watkins and he puts up a good stat line, then you trade him because the schedule gets harder and I still don't believe in Watkins long term. You're obviously starting Kelsey and Hill and Kareem Hunt. That's like Kareem Hunt, right? Mm, he has, he has, I mean, you're starting him because it's your first round pick in has, all likelihood, but. He has two targets this year. I know. How? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess because Mahomes likes to go downfield, so that kind of precludes the running back, but they got to get him more than two targets. Yeah, no doubt. And so it's it's almost like, you know, the Alex Smith effect, right? So last season, and Alex Smith, he went deep more often last season because he had Tyreek Hill. But look at the stats that Kareem Hunt put up as a receiver. He was targeted 63 times. He had 53 catches, uh, 455 yards. Now, Alex Smith is gone. You got the gunslinger in there, Patrick Mahomes, who likes to throw it deep and and just go vertical uh, Mm -hmm. often. Smith is in Washington. And guess who's second in catches among running backs? Chris Thompson. Yep. In an offense led by Alex Smith, who likes to do what? Dump it off. Yep. That's right. Check that. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Uh, so, yeah, I, hopefully Kareem Hunt gets going a little bit. You're starting him. You're starting and, him. And well, it's a high-scoring affair. Last week, he ended up having a decent game. Um, right. He kind of got a lot of it going late. Mm-hmm. But it just it, it hasn't looked the way it did last year. Yep. That's all. Yep. Chargers at Rams. Uh, the should Battle be, of should L.A. Be a great game. Like, a just for just a flat-out pure football game, this one should be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Two really good teams, two good offenses against two good defenses. Um, should be a whole lot of fun, but I mean, Chargers wise, I mean, I, you're probably starting Keenan Allen. You're starting Melvin Gordon. Um, I mean, do you start Austin Eckler? How, how do you, where do you go? Well, yeah, that's a tough one because 
he's been so good. Mm-hmm. He's been so good. And I, I still say that he's on that flex starter borderline uh, because of the matchup here is, is, is clearly difficult. And he did get a bunch of touches last week. But, of course, Melvin Gordon was a little bit banged up and they were crushing Buffalo. So you can factor that in as well. But the players that I'm fading from the Bolts, I'm not playing Phillip Rivers. Uh, the Rams haven't given up a touchdown pass. And I get it. They played two awful quarterbacks. But, right. Uh, well, Derek Carr's not awful, but he's not elite. Not, Let's put it that way. Great. And Sam Bradford, yeah, you can put the awful tag on him. <laughs> but Rivers also tends to, in tough matchups, turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. And as great as Rivers can be, and we've seen him be great from a fantasy perspective over the first couple of weeks, there's also going to be weekends where Rivers has given you two touchdowns and four picks. Yep. And I think that could potentially be the situation this week in the battle of Los Angeles. Maybe they should have like uh, yep. Kurt Russell come in and like flip the coin. I was going to say like in the beginning, know, escape from L.A. I was going to say like right? uh, Rage Against the Machines. I think that was the you know, Battle of Los Angeles. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So get Zach DeLaRocha to come in here and, and do something. Uh, I'm fading Mike Williams this week. I'm playing Keenan Allen, but I don't love the matchup. Now, on the Rams side of the ball. Brandon Cruz has had a better start than I think we expected. Mm -hmm. And the Chargers defense, at least based on what we thought the Chargers defense was going to be, was really tough last season. First week of the season, Mahomes crushed him. Tyreek Hill crushed him. Right. Do you start all of your Rams this week at wide receiver? Or do you sort of tend to sort of favor one or the other with this trio? Well, of the the three, the one that I think I'm fading is probably Robert Woods. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because Cooper Cup, gets a lot of targets like he, he gets a lot of opportunity and Brandon Cooks is more of the big play guy right so I think you know and, and look, Robert Woods is a good receiver and he fits in well in that offense I just think that the role that he occupies in that offense though doesn't lend himself to having a big game this week against the Chargers so he's the one of the three that I would probably avoid this week okay and Jared Goff I still think he's a sleeper I think he's gonna give you 17 18 points in the game and he, he's He's not a guy who's going to put up bongo numbers typically, but he gives you enough where if you need to stream a quarterback or maybe you don't like your number one's matchup this week, maybe you have Phillip Rivers and you need to go in a different direction. I think you can go uh, and get some pretty good production out of Jared Goff. Uh, we talked Bears at Cardinals. Thanks again to Seth Rollins for stopping by the Dude show. Dude knows his stuff, man. Dude, yeah, it was, uh, it was a Dude great knows his stuff, bro. Absolutely a lot of fun. So we'll move on from that one. We will talk Patriots at Lions. That's your Sunday night football game on NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Patriots backfield, once again, is a headache because, you know, Rex Burkhead in concussion protocol last week. Uh, you know, not sure exactly what his role is going to be. James White is still hanging around there. Uh, the... Uh, what else? We got Sonny Michelle potentially coming yeah. back. Um, but see, I kind of like White because if you look at the numbers... He's the most targeted Patriots player, not running back player. Right. And he's leading that backfield in snaps. And Rex Burkhead, he doesn't look like he's really that healthy. And Sonny Michel doesn't look like he's really sort of gotten it yet. I mean, he hasn't really played much at the pro level. But James White, in a game that could be a high-scoring affair against the Lions, whose defense is not very good. Uh, listen, I think James White's a good play. I think he's a really good flex play in this contest. Um I, we saw Rob Gronkowski ended up on the injury report. Right, although uh, it, it doesn't appear doesn't to be seem serious. like it's a big deal, so he right. should be out there. I'm very interested to see what Chris Hogan can do this week after we all faded him last week against the Jaguars and he had that garbage time touchdown, but I digress. <laughs> um, not sure what's going to happen with Josh Gordon. Just yet, yeah, but I can't I wait to see him play it'll be in a real game with I, Tom Brady. I don't, 
I don't expect much from or, or or anything from him this week. I think next week we can start talking a little bit more about I would agree. Josh Gordon. I would agree. I think this is a week that I'm I'm staying away from him just as he's still getting acclimated to everything yep. there. So I I wouldn't spend a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. Um, does it even matter? Do the Lions running backs even matter? I mean. Riddick in a PPR league, if you're hurt, if if you lost Mixon and you didn't get Geo, maybe that's uh, that that's about it. Uh, I'm not buying into uh, Carry On Johnson at this point. He's shown some flashes, but he's just not getting enough opportunities. And for all intents and purposes, I mean, you're starting all three Lions wide receivers at, at some level. Like Golden Tate's become a must start in PPR leagues without question. That's all the dude yeah. does is catch seven balls every game. Right. And. Kenny, Kenny Galladay, who's sort of become, you know, mini Megatron. Baby Tron. Baby Tron. Uh, small Tron, no matter what word you want to <laughs> use. He's getting targets. He's getting he's getting more snaps than the other two. So you have to like him. Marvin Jones is probably the Lions wide receiver that I would fade this week. Because to me, Galladay is just a better player. He's a more uh, athletic player. He's a younger, he's a more, more, player. A younger yes. more athletic version of Marvin Jones. Correct. And so... <laughs> I would definitely be fading Marvin if I had to uh, choose between one of those three guys to to be on my bench. And I like Matt Stafford this week. I mean, Patriots defense ain't all that great. I mean, last week, Bortles looked like the GOAT. And, and I get it, you know, the week before, they, they really held uh, Deshaun Watson down, but he didn't have Will Fuller. So I, I like Stafford after that horrendous week one. He really yeah. bounced back last week. Well, also because because they can't run the football, Stafford's got to throw it a lot. Yes. So if anything else, yep. that's going to keep him around. And, and we kind of like that when we have Matt Stafford on our fantasy teams. Absolutely. Throw it, buddy. Uh, one I, I skipped over, forgot about, Colts at Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the big thing here, is, I mean, on the Colts side, you, you kind of know what you're getting. But on the Eagles side, welcome back, Carson Wentz. He's back. He's back. Okay. So we both do rankings on NFL.com. Right. And I'd like to know where you have Carson Wentz. And, and at what point do you hit the cliff where, okay, I'm starting these guys ahead of Wentz, but then at this point, then Wentz is my guy. So I have Carson Wentz right now at 11. Okay, that's about where I have him. In my ranking. Yeah, I'm looking at yours. You, you've got him at 12. I've got him at 11. Yep. So we're, we're fairly even there. There's just a lot of quarterbacks with good matchups this week. Right. Yeah, and like I still want to see how he performs at real speed. You know, coming back off that knee injury, they were obviously very cautious with him for a reason. To, no Alshon also. No Alshon. You know, Jay Ajayi's, you know, I don't know what his status is going to be. He's been dealing with a back issue. Yep. Um, so, you know, I am I am cautious about Carson Wentz. I don't have him on any rosters. I have him in year. one. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I don't know how I would handle this. I, I, I tend to think if I had somebody with a better matchup, um, you know, obviously like a guy like Garoppolo, I'm starting ahead of him. Uh, you know, I've got Matt Ryan ahead of Carson Wentz just because I think that's going to be a high-scoring game against New Orleans. Uh, you know, so uh, Cam Newton, Deshaun Watson, like all these guys, I would start ahead of Carson Wentz. Matthew Stafford, I've got so I have Wentz at eleven, Stafford at twelve. That one might be a coin flip. Like yeah. I could be, I could be talked into starting Stafford ahead of Carson Wentz. Though. Okay, no, and I think that's about where he is because when you look at the matchups, I mean, Mahomes has elevated himself so much that you know he's top two or three, and Brady's up there. You still got Rodgers up there and Breeze. I mean, Matt Ryan's got a good matchup this week. I don't know if I really believe in him, but there are a lot of those quarterbacks who are kind of like QB twos who have pretty good matchups. Uh, so, so th- there's some question marks there as to whether or not you should start or sit Wentz, but it all depends on what your alternatives are, obviously. But Wentz to me is someone that 
a lot of fantasy owners sort of forgot how good he was because he went down. The Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. But when he went down, I mean, this guy had 33 touchdown passes. He was the QB2. Only Russell Wilson had more fantasy points. And he was balling every single week. And Marcus, maybe you're right. Maybe he needs to shake off the rust. That could potentially happen. It's a good matchup against the Colts, too. So uh, you're really making a decision based on what your alternatives are. You mentioned Jay Ajayi still not practicing. I, I love Corey Clement this week. I love him. Is it Clement or Clement? I have no I damn know. clue. C2. But <laughs> I love C2 this week. And last week, he didn't see a lot of touches. But the touches that he saw, he made them count. And you've got to like, because the Colts, and we say this like, Every single season, it seems. The Colts can never stop the run. Ever, ever. So Joe Mixon crushed him in week one. Last week, Chris Thompson had double-digit targets and touches and uh, catches. It was it was a smorgasbord for him. So if you have double C, and maybe you can find out how to pronounce his name in the meantime, if you have him and Ajayi is inactive, boy, I'm riding him out. He's a flex, maybe an RB2 in PPR formats. Yeah, I'm curious. You know, another guy that I think is like kind of a deep sleeper, Kamar Aiken in Philadelphia. No, nah, it is deep. That's a deep sleeper. Who's their number two right now? Is it Kamar Aiken? It might be Kamar Aiken <laughs> right now. I mean, you know, we know Nelson Aguilar is their number one wide receiver. Zach Ertz is, is you know, arguably their number one pass catcher overall from the tight end spot. Yeah. But, you know, Mike Wallace is, is injured and on injured reserve right now. Yep. Alshon Jeffrey, we don't know when he's going to be back. Kamar Aiken is the guy who they've brought up and is giving him, they're giving him more snaps, more opportunities. So, um, you know, while everybody defensively is looking out for Ertz and Aguilar, deep sleeper, man. You know, I like to check out Roto World and then you go to their, um, their depth chart and all of the Eagles wide receivers have like these red like marks next to him. It's like <laughs> Alshon's hurt, Braxton Miller's on the scouting team and Matt Collins is hurt and Mike Wallace is hurt. It's a mess right there. They, they really need Alshon back. But this is a good situation for, as you mentioned, uh, Nelson Aguilar, maybe Kamar Aiken. Zach Ertz is going to see a lot of targets funneled his way as well. Yeah. Uh, last one, Steelers at Buccaneers. That is the Monday night game. This is, this is the game. This is the game. Eddie Murphy, this is the game where we are going to know for sure how for real Ryan Fitzpatrick is? No. Oh. Well, no, maybe that too. But <laughs> we will know for sure whether or not you can ever, ever, ever trust Ben Roethlisberger on the road. Because the Buccaneers defense is terrible. It's not good. It's terrible. It's not and good. And if Big Ben goes to Tampa Bay on a Monday night and throws up a stink bomb, and that, that's like 16 or fewer points. Because if you can't get to 17 or more against that defense, that's a bad game. That's a bad game. So... If Big Ben goes to Tampa Bay and has a good outing and it was a road game and maybe he'll, you know, sort of wash a little bit of the stink off of him in terms of being a guy you sit on the road. If he can't get you 16, 17 points minimum in this game, then I think Ben Roethlisberger is a fade every single time his turfs are not on the Heinz Field Stadium. Man, um, is there too much drama going on in Pittsburgh? Yeah, dude, it's like days of our lives, man. Like, (laughs) let's play football. Like, AB's talking about you know, trade me and find out on Twitter. And then his agent comes out and says, it's a big nothing burger. Le'Veon Bell is nowhere to be found. We don't know he's what not the even on the active doing. roster right now. Dude. And you know what stinks is like, so like last year with Zeke, right? When he was suspended, you had, he's going to eat up a bench spot. Mm-hmm. Like on NFL.com in a lot of my leagues and most of my leagues, I have the reserve spot, but I can't put Lev there. I can't do it. He's not suspended. He's not hurt. He's not hurt. I mean, I can't. So he's eating up a roster spot for him, yep. basically. And, and and it stinks. And at this point, like, 
there's there's nothing. There's no talk. No. I mean, radio silence. This is worse than the Zeke situation because at least with Zeke, like you could, you know, there was there was movement and there was, you know, there was talk about those suspensions and appeals and legal processes and like you, yeah, at least, yeah. you at least had some, you know, you. You could you know, follow your friendly neighborhood legal uh, analyst on Twitter and kind of figure out what might possibly happen and decide based on that. This is nothing. No one there, knows. There's and, nothing. Lev, and Lev's not saying a word. So, like, and I haven't checked his Twitter. I don't know if he's really said anything. But, I mean, like, at this point right now, and, and dude, I have no idea. I'm just guessing. I'm just reading the tea leaves. I think he's going to miss half the season at least. I think he's going to miss I, half the season. I think, I think you're looking at week 10. I think you're looking at the week 10. Right. right? And and then when he comes back, like say say James Conner's balling, right? Are you looking at a committee as as crazy as that sounds? Like, are you looking at Bell coming back and being the bell cow? And then the first the first couple of weeks, this guy hadn't done anything for for two three months. How good is he going to be, right? So that could be an absolute mess of a situation if you're a fantasy owner, an absolute mess. And it's one that I got myself in because I drafted. Damn, Le'Veon Bell in our experts league. Thank God I got James Conner. But, man, if – and a lot of people are, are tweeting me and, and probably Marcus too about trades involving Le'Veon Bell. I just don't know how. I, I don't know how you – I don't know how you can – I don't know how you decipher whether or not a, a trade is good or not because we don't know how, when he's coming back. But I have seen some trades where, like, if it's a good haul – I may want to just get rid of the headache. If it's a good haul. Yeah. It's got to be a good haul. Right, but see, I'm not giving him up for nothing. But here's the problem. If you're trying to deal him, if he's on the block, everybody in your league knows that you're you're kind of <laughs> you're kind of stuck, right? So like I'm not I'm not going to go out and offer you a whole lot for him because it's like, well, Okay, but how about this? If you have Le'Veon Bell, right? And you have James Conner too. So like I have Le'Veon and, and James Conner. And someone offers me, let me think. Say someone offers me like Christian McCaffrey in a PPR league for Bell and Connor. I do that right now, right? I do that right now. I mean, because r- I, right? I, I'll take the guy. I'll take the guy that I know is eating every week over the guy that I don't know when he's coming back. Right, and even when he does come back, is he the featured guy? And you would expect him to have at least a couple of games where he's slow to start because he hasn't done anything, hasn't played all in games. so long. So yeah, man, it's just a mess, and. Ultimately, I don't know where this is going to end. He's going to come back. Le'Veon Bell is playing back. football this season play this because he can't ruin his free agent status. But because this is what this is all about. He doesn't want 400 touches and for the Steelers to, to, to ride him into the ground. And then next year, that hurts his value. It hurts his ability to make money because teams will be like, well, you've had 400 touches two years in a row. You're not getting any younger. And that's an issue. He will play football this season. But I'm really starting to think that it's going to be less than half the season. Yeah. I, you, you're, I think you're kind of stuck right now if you've got Le'Veon Bell. It's unfortunate. Thanks, Marcus. That's kind of where you are. I got him in our Dynasty League, which I won last year. <laughs> and now I'm getting – because I have Mark Ingram in that league too. And I have Alshon Jeffrey, but I digress. There you go. Uh, so there we go. There's the week three previews. It's a whole lot. So now, oh, last the, week – It's the moment we've all been waiting for. Last week – our man Eddie came on here with a delirious pick, and like I, I went with you part of the way, Eddie, but not all the way. Like you, you had, you had Ricky Seals Jones as like the number one, like, and I was like down with the Ricky Seals Jones narrative. Obviously, it blew up in our faces because the Cardinals were awful. Yeah, you went with him number one number tight one, end. That didn't one. quite, obviously, that didn't quite happen. So, but here, we, here it is. I mean, this was a delirious pick. It was you kind of like you know going all in. So where, I, where yeah. are you going this week? I watched that whole 
game too. I don't know why. It was it was Ooh, I mean, the sorry. Cardinals are. I'm pretty, sorry for you. Yeah, right. Yeah, he, uh, he actually ended up with six targets again, just a repeat of what he did in week one. But uh, anyway, so my uh, delirious pick this week. Um, Possibly not as crazy. I'm not going to go where he ranks, but I'm going to say this. Gio Bernard will have 30 PPR points. This no, week. I think that's good. I, 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 it's not as delirious. It's high. It's, I but mean, that's, a lot, it's, it's a, lot that's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. Uh, my reasoning, and this is more of a gut reasoning uh, or just logic more than the X and O's and stat base, but the, the two quick sets I do have. Um, I believe earlier, Fabs, you mentioned the amount of touches, and that's why he's a good star. I mean, he averages 23 and a half without uh, Joe Mixon playing, and the Panthers are allowing 132 yards on the ground this year, and it's only been two games. But I like that. Um, I just you know believe that A.J. Green, uh, seeing what he did last week, the Panthers will probably game plan towards him and just a little gamble on Gio. So maybe that'll work in his favor. But I, I just see a day like seven, eight catches around there, two touchdowns, a uh, bunch of yards. So I'm, I, I my guess if you have Gio Bernard, I, I think it'd be on the 30 point mark. That I don't, yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's ridiculous. I think that's possible. Uh, that wow. is all right. I think that's possible. I mean, you know, we'll, we can come back here probably next week and be like, man, that was stupid. He'll have 13 or 14. <laughs> He'll have like a solid week. Not right? so delirious, but, it's very possible. So here's the thing, though. I mean, like, because I've got Gio Bernard in several leagues, and okay. I've got him started everywhere I have him because I do think, I, you know, I, obviously the volume's going to be there. If they use him even close to how they use Joe Mixon, there's going to be plenty of opportunity there. So um, I'm on board. I like this. You know what's funny is that, like, anytime a starting running back goes down, the backup is, like, just – Everyone in the fantasy community loves, right. right? Tevin Coleman. And when we all love somebody. Loves him. When we all love a guy, then he falls <laughs> apart. Well, see, and so so the Monday night thing, you could also argue that we'll find out if the fantasy guys are, in fact, as cruel as we all think they are. Because if they take away Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes, because after week one, I didn't really hear a lot of people outside of Akbar say he had a lot of faith in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. Then he goes out and does it again. And, and like, his ownership right. percentage went up over uh, 50%, almost 60% on NFL.com, where it was about like 17 before that. And now people are starting. So everybody's everybody's Everyone's on board. On board. Yep. And let's see if Fitzmagic fades or does he continue to put up fantasy points hand over fist? We'll see. Right. Uh, okay, before we get out of here, uh, do we have anything in the mailbag this week? We do. All right. We have a, a lot of tweets from our listeners, so appreciate everyone doing that for us. Uh, first one we have at B. Hesgard, and he asks, Tyler Lockett, John Brown, or Demarius Thomas uh, in a flex play? It's a half PPR. Ooh. Tyler Lockett. I don't like Demarius this week. I mean, John yeah. Brown. John Brown's been pretty like, good, too. I kind of like John Brown, yeah. I think. Okay. I think I might go John Brown. But, yeah, I, I, I'm staying away from Demarius. I'm over that. Yep. I'm kind of over him. Uh, at Call Me Danger, HWK, I'm guessing Hawk, asks, uh, <laughs> should I start Kenny Galladay, Devontae Adams, or Rex Burkhead as a flex this week? I've I'm got, going Devontae Adams. I've got to go Adams. Can't, yeah. Can't but there's got to be a way you get Galladay in your lineup, too. I know, right? If you can if you can somehow flex Galladay, like start Adams at wide receiver and flex Galladay. Yeah, would, dude. I'd probably do that. Yep. Um, at Stilson Bit Base Bass, uh, asked, <laughs> <laughs> some of these Twitter handles, man. Yeah. Uh, but trade proposal for you guys. So he uh, proposed a trade to give away Travis Kelsey for any of these two. It would be Kenny Stills, Marvin Jones, Corey Davis, and Antonio Callaway. I reached for Kelsey in the third, so I'm thinking no. What do you think? Nope. 
No, I just you, you can't. It, it's hard to find a tight end like Travis Kelsey who can produce like that. I, yeah, I, dude. I, 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 I wouldn't I, give him up, especially not for the names that are on that. No, list. no, no. Yeah. No, no. Um, and if you guys want to round it out here, I yeah, think do this, one more. Um, this one uh, back on the David Johnson topic, I think it's quite interesting. Uh, should as a David Johnson owner? Oh, sorry. This is from at. K Y A this is this is bad. Uh K Y A I Z A W A. All right, sure. Uh yeah. Uh, as a David Johnson owner, do I b- should I believe the coach speak about changing his usage or just bench him until we see uh points improvement or a change in the cards offense? Um I mean, I do believe there's a change coming. I think this week is not going to be has to be. I think this week's not going to be a good week. Um but Mike McCoy is going to change things because I presume Mike McCoy likes being employed and collecting a paycheck. Yeah. Um, I would tell you this. I don't know what the rest of your roster is, but if, for example, you have Tevin Coleman and Gio Bernard, I'm benching David Johnson this week. Bears defense is legit, but it really depends on what you have, what you legitimately could have on your roster. And I think you could legitimately have Tevin Coleman and Gio Bernard on your roster um, if you were smart on the waiver wire. And that would be two players who ultimately wouldn't be started over David Johnson in uh, regular circumstances, but right now I would pull the trigger on that one. But I don't know that most people have enough running back depth where they, they can, do can not, you know, where they can bench him. Right. Yeah. So just so. a one week bench for you? For yeah, DJ? for me it's one week. And I think okay. next week things start to get better because I think, you know, this is just a bad matchup defensively. And I, I, I don't think they have solved all their problems. Hopefully the cards saw Fabs blow up last week and they listened to that. And now they're going to. Yeah, if they did, they'd be like, look at this fantasy idiot blowing up on us like he thinks he knows more than we do. Some rando in L.A. is just screaming about our offense. That's but you know what, dude? About. That tweet that I sent out or that was sent out. I got so many, like, that may have been the most responses I've ever gotten yeah, on Twitter from, a like, a video. Yeah. Everyone went nuts over that. So Funny. it was good. I mean, I like to yell sometimes, and I, I, I like that people enjoy when I yell, that is I guess. Funny. That's funny. So that'll do it for us. Wrap it up. Thanks to Seth Rollins for stopping by the show. Appreciate yeah, buddy. Getting his takes. You can say, see him. Uh, is he Raw or is he? Uh, or is he yeah, no, he, he's on Raw, and um, they just had Hell in the Cell. And uh, he's the IC champion. And unfortunately, him and Miz can't actually wrestle each right. other because Mike's on SmackDown shows, now. Right. But um, dude is one of the greats right now in, in that industry. I literally almost asked, is he, if, is he on Raw or Delirious? <laughs> <laughs> so you see where my head is at. Yeah, anyway, I, <laughs> that will do it for us this week. We appreciate you listening. Always remember, life is hard. It's even harder when you're stupid. We'll see you on You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap, fresh, 
Green Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. Right, let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 